You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Welcome to the Womanpreneur Podcast. I'm Amanda McEwen, and this is Melissa Motes. Hi, I am Melissa Motes, and I am super excited to introduce our very special guest today, Dr. Maria Keller, and uh, we have a very special relationship, and I'm so happy to have you here with us, Uh, and you also have another business called Live Agelessly. Yes, I have. um, Actually, I have two businesses, but Live Agelessly and Gynecare. Yeah. So, um, and they both kind of say what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. That they do. So, um, live agelessly is a, is a word I made up actually because I was getting older and I didn't want to feel older. So I thought I wanted to live agelessly and gynecare. Um, I just was only doing gynecology as a, as a, obstetrician and gynecologist. I retired from doing obstetrics probably 12 or 13 years ago. And I decided to focus on gynecology and sleeping at night. And so, um, because you know, obstetrics can keep you up all night long. And um, I kind of built my uh, hormone practice out of my gynecology practice. It kind of gave birth to the hormones. Well, the way that you and I came together, I just want to share on a personal note because I really, I say, I feel like I have a special relationship with you because you really helped change my life in a really big way. So thank you for for that. And the way that all came together was uh, a few years ago, I found out that I had cervical cancer and I went through a journey with that. And with actually with a with a different doctor and had some surgeries and recoveries and all kinds of stuff, but that led my body uh, down a road that was called, well, it sucked. It was surgical menopause, <laughs> and I was just slammed into surgical menopause, which is kind of like waking up one morning and going from being just your normal, healthy self. And uh, then you wake up the next day and all of a sudden you just don't feel like the same person. Um, Hot flashes, night sweats, uh, you can't even concentrate, your, your brain doesn't work, moody, just every, pretty much every aspect of myself, I just felt like I was falling apart at the seams. And that went on for me for a few months. And then another doctor I had referred me to you and said, you know what, you need to go maybe see Dr. Keller. She is pretty awesome. And I think she might be able to get you tuned up with your hormones and, you know, get your life back, you know, like feeling good again. And uh, I walked in your door and I literally feel better than I have ever felt. Amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, surgical menopause for many women when that occurs, if you, you know, you have a hysterectomy and especially if your ovaries are removed, it's a uh, it's a sudden impact on the body and you can Mm -hmm. figure it out. The hardest part, though, is for women who um, go into menopause gradually, normally on their own, because your body is having these changes. You're not exactly certain of what's going on because it's a gradual process. And often women are, we're, we're misdiagnosed. We're told we have depression. We're told we have anxiety disorders. Um, we're not sleeping well. Um, we uh, often will then be kind of taken down the road of uh, a pharmaceutical road of being given uh, drugs like antidepressants, uh, Xanax, 
or an Ambien. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've helped so many women to come off of these drugs because they've been actually misdiagnosed. Mm. So, you know, when you have surgery, it kind of, it's a sudden impact. So, you know, it's your hormones, mm-hmm. but for many women, often it takes them sometimes years to figure out that it's related to their hormones because yeah. no one is um, leading them in that direction. And in defense of my colleagues, you know, who are prescribing this way, it's unfortunate because even in the even in the magazines that I have that are meant to help and guide me as a as a as a clinician and how to treat patients, those are the recommendations. They're not, and I'm screaming in my mind, this woman needs progesterone. And um and and they're not thinking that way. I mean, there's you know a simple hormone progesterone which is available, is so safe you can buy it over the counter without a prescription, mm-hmm. and it helps so many people um, to feel better and to feel like themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, hormones are amazing when it's the thing that your body needs because it puts you right back to. Well, when I went on uh, hormones, for me the first hormone I experienced was testosterone. And, um, and I didn't discover it like looking for it. I actually, I was doing the, what's called bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And so, you know, bioidentical is, is really a word that just means that it's something your body's seen before. It, it, if, if I take a molecule of estradiol and, and it's made over here that comes from a plant source, it will match identically to the estradiol that's in the body. So that's why the term bioidentical, it's a it's a perfect match. It's not like what's say, let's say what's in a birth control pill, ethanyl estradiol. Well, our body doesn't have ethanyl. So um and what that does for many people is it kind of really helps to bring them back to normalcy. They feel mm-hmm. so much better. Unfortunately, my training um, did not, I wasn't trained to do hormones in that way. I was trained to just really to ask you one question. You having hot flashes and night sweats? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have a uterus? Oh, okay, you don't? Okay, so you just need, you just need yeah. here, you just yeah. need Premarin. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and then when a patient would say, well, can we check my hormone levels? You know, it's really interesting as a doctor that when I don't know the answer to your question, my response is going to probably to be to make you feel stupid for asking that question, right? Because I don't know the answer, so I got to dumb you down so you don't ask me, you know, out of me, right? So, and it's really sad, but, you know, yeah. I, I've done, I can't say I've never done that. I have done that, but I didn't know what hormone levels to measure. Sure. And so... Um, as I aged as a physician, I be kind of I kind of became bored with the status quo of what I was being told. And my patients would come back to me, and they were being placed on these bioidentical hormones. And they were like, "Dr. Keller, can you do a refill for me?" And I would look at the script and go, "What is this?" And they go, they'd say, "You know, Dr. Keller, I, I, you're a good doctor. I really think I, I like you a lot." But, you know, I went over here to this other doctor and they gave me these hormones. And ever since I've been on it, I feel amazing because that stuff you gave me, it made me feel worse. And I was like, really? And I'm looking at it in these terms that I'd never heard of, biased. Okay, bi means two, S is probably estrogen. And that is when I began to say, well, I'm going to do your refill. I don't know what I'm refilling, but I'm going to do it. And then I, it started to open the door for me to become investigational so I could at least be aware of what I was doing. And then I found out about something called 
pellets. And so in my brain as a gynecologist, I said, oh, it's estrogen only. And there was, it was a breast cancer surgeon who was, um, her name is Rebecca Glazier, who's really, you know, one of the leaders in hormone replacement therapy with pellets. And I emailed her practice and she said, hey, if you want to fly to Ohio, I'll teach you what I do. So I thought, bet, you know, buy a plane ticket and I just need to show up and get a hotel room and I don't have to pay for the course. I'm there. And um, I met all these women who were doing amazing on a hormone testosterone. And she said, well, I don't give women estrogen. They don't need it. Um, I just give them testosterone. And I remember my brain, I said, to who? (laughs) (laughs) Testosterone in women. And I met these women who were doing amazing. They had energy. Their brains were working well. They were having, you know, the best sex of their lives. And she said, by the end of the course, she said, we're going to give you a Test, we're going to give you a pellet. I'm going to show you how you can do them on yourself. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You know, I've been reading men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So I was talking, you know, all the stuff that I read in the book. But at the same time, I could never walk inside of Victoria's Secret. I was like stuck, like cement. I, I never <laughs> felt sexy. So, you know, and and he, the, in the book, the, the author talks about men are from Mars, women are um, from Venus. He talks about... Uh, quickies. And I was, after a while, I said, well, what happens when all you ever want to have is a quickie? You only want to just get it over with. Mm -hmm. And so um, after I got that hormone in my body, uh, two weeks later, I was like, I feel like, I feel like me. And I built my practice because I felt like there had to be other women who were like me for 10 years. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And, you know, and I, and I thought of this hormone uh, uh, initially in a sexual manner, but after about my third or fourth pellet, one time my oldest daughter, she said to me, Mom, when are you going to get another pellet? And I was like, <laughs> what do you care for, right? Because I was in a rotten mood. And she's like, we like you better on it. And that's when I realized that it was more than just something for your sex drive and your libido. It actually had an impact on my overall well-being mm-hmm. and how I felt. And that's when I thought, I can't be the only woman mm-hmm. who's going through this. I'm going to look for other women. Yeah. And I began to specifically look for people who were struggling in the way that I was struggling mm-hmm. too. But I didn't know I was struggling. So... Um, and that, that's a that's a, a major, you know, impact on and definitely at that time I was married. It had a major impact on my marriage and my relationship and just how I related to my spouse and then what my kids experienced because, you know, they nicknamed me Momzilla. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a difficult part. You know, it's it's you're struggling, but not knowing that you're struggling. I think that happens a lot. And, you know, I am very anti-medication. I, when I was in a car accident as a kid, they just told me, oh, take all these pain medications. You're going to be on it your whole life. Wow. And I said no. And it was, you know, 20 years later, I figured out the right combination of, you know, uh, exercise and different things. I, I don't, I barely take ibuprofen unless I have to. But there's all, that's the solution that most doctors say. It's like, I, I don't really care what's going on with you. You've got these symptoms. I'm going to give you these drugs. Then you're going to have these side effects. So you have to take this to counteract that. Right. And there's so much of it, I believe, is internal. And it's, you know, what you eat and what you consume and all the natural things. And I think a lot of women probably don't think about our hormones or, you know, what could we be lacking that's causing this? Maybe I'm not really tired all the time or I'm not, you know, easily agitated or depressed or grumpy or whatever, 
that might be, but we're not really taught to look internally. Well, often when I speak to women and their spouse comes, I'll um, ask him, <laughs> so how are her moods? <laughs> is she moody? Is Because I think, you know, we will say, I don't have PMS. I don't mm -hmm. have mood swings. I don't get overly emotional because you don't realize that that's what you're doing. But other people do. And they, you know, my kids mm -hmm. would be like, oh, God, how did I how did I get nicknamed Momzilla? Yeah. So, you know, um, I was explosive. So <laughs> and if you ask me, I would say I wasn't. You guys just weren't doing X, Y or Z. Right. So um, but uh, hormones are amazing. And it, when they're when they're, it's the right thing that the body needs. And so for me, the thing is to try to determine and to help patients determine whether or not that's what their body needs, because if it's what they need, it works. And if it doesn't work, then we got to figure out why. And what else could it possibly be? Because well, stress is a major player in all of it. One of the things that I wanted to say that I think you have a really special gift for is, I mean, you're amazing at what you do. I mean, you're amazing at helping with the, the clinical part of things. But you're an exceptionally good listener. And you're very thorough. And I never feel rushed when I come to your office. And I mean, you and I have had some really quality conversations. And not only about, you know, you helping me through some of my stuff, but, you know, you've shared other stories, not just in general. You've said, you know, different things you've, you've dealt with, with different women struggling and not knowing, you know, that they didn't need depression medication. They didn't need, um, there was nothing wrong with them other than their hormones were out of whack, you know, something as simple as that. Um, so I just want to say that, um, you know, you just, you really do care and you, you are really helping a lot of people. And I mean, it's made a profound change in my life. And I feel like I got my zippy, youthful, great feeling back. Yes. And, um, and I can sleep through the night. I, you know, I, um, I don't have uh, any hot flashes. I don't have any of that stuff going on. And um, it's just, it's just a, it's a great thing. And I just, I really am grateful that uh, you're, you're doing what you do. Cause I know you're, you're changing a lot of lives. Well, it's really funny because I remember early in my medical career, my mom said to me, Maria, I, I just want to let you know, uh, God called you to preach. And I was like, I'm not preaching to nobody, right? <laughs> and so as you know, what I learned in my practice is though, that a lot of people would come to me and they would need something. And somehow in me telling a story, it was exactly what that person needed to hear. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I said it to them. I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know what is making me say this to you, but I just said mm -hmm. it. And I, something told me, say this. And then you, you know, you kind of, that person might tear up or it might be just the thing that they needed to hear. Or I go, ah, you mm -hmm. thought this visit was just about a pap smear, didn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, um, I, I, found that many often because of things that have occurred in our lives. Um, I've met many people, you know, I, I love to remind women that um, uh, slavery is no more and that you don't have to live in bondage to your past and, um, and, to the, and the things that have occurred in your life um, because often people will not share those things about what it is or will try to hide it even from our own selves of what our past hurts and pains are. Um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm nosy. I'm going to get in your business. 
And I mean, if you're 36 years old and you tell me, well, you know, I'm monogamous, but he's not. And I'm going, okay. Now, I will accept that the first time you tell me that. I'm going to process it because when you come back and you have something like a bacterial infection that is likely related to sex, not necessarily a sexually transmitted infection, but, you know, something that can come from, you know, what I call double dipping, you know, if he's going <laughs> over there and he's coming over here, right? So, um, and, um, and I'm going to say to you, you know, you're a beautiful woman. I don't, I don't understand why you're going to accept that from mm-hmm. somebody. You deserve better than that. You're 36 years old and I know there's the perfect person with you. And you know that person over there, you know what he is? He's a blocker. And they'll look at me and go, what? And I'll say, he's blocking you from that you should be. Check it out. <laughs> and so, you know, and I don't mean that just it's you have to, you know, and, and I've seen I've said it to men too. I, I had a different term for them and I've forgotten and I wish I could remember, but it was really funny. But um, you know, but I want people to not become trapped in our lives mm-hmm. and stuck where you're yeah. wasting time where because we're not getting any younger. And you know, you may you're gonna miss that that perfect person who's meant for you if you settle yeah. and we shouldn't settle we yeah. should we all deserve the absolute best but if you don't agree that agree to that within yourself you may allow yourself to be stuck in a situation or just accept less than what you deserve yeah it's interesting to me that you say that because my you know I'm almost 40 and I'm very single and the thing that I hear most often is you're too picky. And I always say, no, I'm not. Like, why would I settle for less? You know, I know myself really well. Being, spending the amount of time alone that I do, I I know me really well. I know what, you know, what works for me, what doesn't. And I figure, you know, the right person comes along, that's great. But why should I lower my standards and accept not, you know, just something that's okay? And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Well, don't you get lonely? And it's like, I really don't. I mean, there's, there's people around me all the time. You know, I like me and, you know, it's just a matter of, of timing. But, you know, that's a really difficult, and part of it is I don't want kids, so I'm not on the, I think if I ever had a biological clock, it came broken. So I, I never, it just never <laughs> well, came around. Well, some people around. know that. They know yeah. that they never want children. But, you know, what I always, you know, it's that having the healthy relationship with yourself first is what I always tell people. Like, you can't look to somebody else to complete you if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not happy, you know, on your own. But for some reason, that seems to be the thing that that women mostly struggle with. It's, you know, like, I, I don't want to be alone, so I'm going to let somebody treat me poorly. And it drives me crazy. Well, I have this <laughs> thing, and I made this up, and hopefully it doesn't bother anyone, but I like to say there's several types of men. And women, it can go either way, but hoes, auto knows, crazy mofos, free lows, down lows, um, combos, <laughs> and, um, and I'll explain this, and then there's the good bro. So, you know, um, but I think we can recognize when you meet somebody who's hypersexual and that's all they're about. Those are the hoes the you know, um, and, and crazy people. You can recognize them, you know, and if somebody is coming at you and they're not really sure they might be broken up with um, a, a person and they're not over that relationship or they're not ready, but they're in the dating scene. And that was the majority of what I met when I was dating after my divorce. I met a lot of I don't know. These are men I'd be talking to, and then all of a sudden I was like, wow, he's not texting anymore. What happened to him? 
he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, and then I once met a guy, um, he was a combo. He started out like uh, he was a I don't know man and then he turned into a hoe. And I was like, really? <laughs> we never had a conversation about sex. How did we, how did we get to, to that yeah. point just like that yeah. on one telephone call? And so, um, but you know, and I like to tell women, uh, the, the good bros, you know, it's like stepping on a needle in a, in a haystack, mm -hmm. but you, you better check your, your foot and make sure it's not a piece of straw. <laughs> 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 and make sure he's the right one because, um, you know, um, uh, we've all been fooled yeah. before and think that a person is the right person. And, you know, and the thing is, is that they're just not ready yet. Mm -hmm. So I believe, uh, uh, you know, we love to say opposites attract and they do. Um, but my advice to people is run from your opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do not, you, you should uh, like the same things. You should, what you think is funny, they think is funny. Uh, you, you know, you can't be somebody who's a devout Christian and you marry an atheist. Or, you know, you, you're the, uh, a, an introvert and he's an extrovert. Because these are going to be areas that you're going to conflict upon. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, it's, it, and it, initially you can bypass all of that stuff. It's like with longevity in a relationship. It's like if you're having a, you know, uh, an exciting, you know, fling and you meet someone and they just sweep you away and, you know, you have that chemistry and all of that, that's one thing. But if you're really looking for someone that you're going to have as a partner in your life and have longevity with and share your life with, you want to be with someone that you have a, a lot of commonality with and, yes. and things in common. And I tell women, too, when they, you know, they'll tell me, oh, Dr. Keller, I met this guy. He's wonderful. And we're going to go on a date. And I, you know, I just met him. And I'm like, do you like him a lot? Yeah, I really like him. Do not have sex with him. I, I, I love Steve Harvey's book, you know, um, uh, uh, Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady. Wait. Because there are a few things you need to figure out about that person. Well, is he married? <laughs> that's a good, does he that's a good one to start does with. Does he have a job or does he live at home with his mama? And I don't care how old he is. So there are a lot of things you need to figure out and we shouldn't be in a rush because mm -hmm. what are you rushing to? I, I, I think often we think, you know, when I was young, um, uh, you know, I can say, yeah, I had a lot of sex with people once. <laughs> you know and and i was like what did i do that for i should have just waited because you figure out that you made a mistake and if you had just waited another week your girlfriend would have told you oh yeah he was messing with susan that's her ex-boyfriend and she left him because he's a mm -hmm. cheater and you're like it's too late, right? right. So, yeah. you know, but I think it's important to get to know a person and to not be in a hurry and to have what, you know, are, um, uh, there's a book I read called Deal Breakers. You have to have your deal breakers. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that, you know, you require of a person. Like, um, he needs to have his own place, you know, mm -hmm. and a right. car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are simple kinds of things, but, yeah. I always you know, say, but I don't care if he makes $30,000 or $300,000, he needs to be able to take care of himself. Yes. You know, that's, it's, it's not the dollar figure. It's not any of that, but he, he needs to be able to take care of himself because a lot of 
a lot of men are still boys. And mm. I, don't, I don't want kids. I don't want to take care of somebody. Yeah. You don't want a man-child? I don't want a man-child. <laughs> well, no. when you get to be my age, you say a nurse or a purse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take care of somebody, and I'm not giving you my money. Yeah. So it just, we're not going to get along. Right. I can tell you that. I told one of my um, uh, ex-boyfriends, I was like, if you thought I was bad when we were together, uh, you taking me to, um, uh, uh, what is this place, uh, Cafe Rio's, um, I'm at a whole nother level now, because you, you, I would really upset you now, because I'd be like, give me 10000 and then we can talk, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so my game Woo! came up, you know, wow. and not that everything is about money, I don't mean it in that way, but what I mean is that, you know, I think it's important that when you're in a relationship with someone that if I'm, what I'm bringing to the mm -hmm. table, and I'm a very giving person, I don't expect anybody to just give, give, give to me, but I, I'm, I'm a, I like, I know what I like, and if it's something I want to do and I and I and I want to do and I don't want to do it alone, I don't have a problem with saying, I want to take a vacation and I know you probably won't want to do what I want to do, but I bought tickets for both of us and we're getting ready to go to this mm -hmm. resort and let's go. When you get here, uh, pack up, put your stuff in the car because we're going to, you know, we're headed up to, to Utah because I found this resort and I really want to go and I don't want to go by myself. So, right. you know, but I think, um, yeah, relationships are, it's important for us to know what we want and to know what you don't want. So, you know, you are, you got to have like your, the, the things that, that are, like I said, deal breakers mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. um, and the things that you really want, the qualities you want in a person. Um, and, and I think sometimes uh, we forget those kind of things or we don't have our set defined and then we end up with a, in a relationship and, you know, and then you, you marry the wrong person. Well, it's, it's okay to have standards. It doesn't mean that if a person doesn't meet that standards that they're a bad person, they're just not right for you. And that's where people, I think, get stuck a lot is it's, you know, oh, I, I, you, know, you have a list of the qualities, so then you're being picky. Or you don't have a list of the qualities, and then you just end up in bad relationship after bad relationship. And it's like, you know, it again comes to, for me, it's always come to knowing myself. I know what I want. I know what I don't want. There's a lot of people in the world, so if this one doesn't check all the boxes, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can do superficial stuff because I've done that too where my ex-husband was a Sagittarius and I was like, I hate all Sagittariuses, <laughs> right? And every man I met was a Sagittarius. And the last one I met, he said, uh, I said to him, uh, he said, uh, I said, my, I heard my sister talking to his friend and he said something like, uh, she said, oh, what's your sign? And I was like, oh yeah, what's your sign? He said, Sagittarius. And I was like, I'm your worst. I'm going to tell you, he was, gave me his number. I said, you can give me your number, but I will not call. Oh it's not going because I, and that's a superficial mm -hmm. thing. But you know, what I realized was that I was attracting that energy to me mm -hmm. because I had so much anger in me um, after my uh, divorce, because I, I went into this thing, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? You know, I was supposed to be like the perfect doctor and have the Cinderella lifestyle. And, uh, you know, you got, you get into that. And I, I think I said, why me? So many times I heard a, in my in my head, I heard something say, in my spirit, I heard it was like God said, why not you? Mm -hmm. What makes you above going through something? 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got really quiet within and I said, and I realized that I had to learn forgiveness because forgiveness is when, when you harbor that anger and you're trying from a previous relationship and you're trying to establish a new one, you're going to unfortunately bring the wrong energy to yourself mm-hmm. and bring exactly what you say you don't want. Yep. And so when I changed that about myself, then the whole, I think my 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 light changed my brilliance and what would come into my direction the type of people that would be attracted to me sure. because i was probably bringing ex- i was bringing exactly what i didn't want into my space sagittarius okay. yeah <laughs> like i'm at four in a row <laughs> that's so how i figured funny. it out so but you know i think you know in trying to have a relationship with people it's really important I've come to realize in my life that um, people are like bridges in our life, and um, and some are longer than others. Mm. Um, I had a 17-year bridge, and I just have to appreciate that it lasted that long. Mm. Um, I've had friends that I thought would be my friends, and I'm talking about just a girlfriend, mm-hmm. thought that they would be a friend forever, but the friendship only lasted six months or two years, and I just had to accept it for that, mm-hmm. Be- and 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 enjoy it for because it was like a, the six months out of my life that mm-hmm. I enjoyed, and that keeps me, and I hope others when I explain this to them so they think of it that way so we don't get sad yeah. about. Um, about relationships that don't last as long as we had hoped. One of my favorite um, quotes somewhere along the line I picked up is like, people come into your life sometimes for a reason, other times for a season, and then some few for a lifetime. So it's just, um, I I think, having the expectation that um, you know, just embrace the the moment that you have with those people and the the things that you can learn from them. You know what what they have to teach you, and they you know make a mark on your life and and learn and keep keep trucking. Because not every relationship is meant to be in your life forever, and that's right. the same thing with you know boyfriends or friends or you know business partners, all kinds of different relationships. And that's you know I think sometimes people jump in and they're like this has to be forever, and sometimes. It might be a few months or it might be a year, but the lessons that you get from it are more important. You know, it's just not meant to be. And it doesn't mean, again, that they were bad people or, you know. Yeah, but that person that lasted a short period Mm -hmm. of time connected you to another person who was the person that you were really meant to meet in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is what it was all about to begin with. And if we would accept that and embrace Mm -hmm. that, that they serve just yeah. that purpose and it's okay yeah. because of what you got, what that yeah. connected you to, connected you to. And that was the most mm-hmm. amazing part of where you needed on your journey and where we're all headed to mm-hmm. get to where we're supposed to be. Yeah. For me, it's someone who, who introduced me to travel and that I, you know, helped me figure out that I, I need to see the whole world. You know, wow. I, that, that's what I hang on to from that relationship is like, you know, that was my first trip out of the country. And then I thought this is something that I love that I might not have ever done. Before. So when you think of that person, mm-hmm. you, you know, and sometimes relationships go south and, they, and we can have anger, 
angry, you know, hard feelings towards someone. Mm -hmm. But when you think of what they gave you, that gift, mm -hmm. then you have to think and you just smile and you yep. say thank you because yep. you mm -hmm. opened that door that I was scared to open and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gone through. Yep. And had it not been for them, you would have gotten through the door, but it might have been later on, right. you know, so you and got that, there a little bit sooner. And Melissa and I both, we always connect over this because we always focus on the positive. So it's what what are the good things what yes. the bad things are in the past it doesn't matter you know let let's take away a lesson of some sort or what did we gain from this and that's what we focus on yeah there's always you can learn from every situation you know and and it's really your choice if you want to look at something um, in, in, in the light, or if you want to look at something in the dark, you know, and I personally think that looking at something for the lighter, uh, you know, silver lining kind of perspective, it just, it's just a better way to roll. You know, well, you feel better. That makes me think and reflect back to, I remember when, you know, everything I'd been through in my personal life, because I had a lot of divorces, <laughs> you know, I liked my, my marriage, I lost my home, I had, you know, these part people who I thought uh, we were partners in business, and I thought, you know, we'll be docs and we'll grow together, and, and, and it didn't happen. It, you know, I, lo I had a lot of divorces, I lost friends. But um, as time went on and through all these heartaches, what I came to, um, and, and I said to myself, because one time I was talking to a patient, and I felt like she was, you know, I'm sitting down lower and she's up on the table and she was speaking and telling me about herself. And all of a sudden I felt like I was inside of her and I was looking back at me. And I thought, God, did you allow me to experience all these things so that I could better relate to others? Mm -hmm. and, and I heard a simple voice. Yes. Because I was constantly asking, why am I going through all of these things? Why have I experienced so many hurts and so many pains? But it helped me to be able to understand another person. So when we're going through things it, and it doesn't seem fair and it doesn't seem right, you have to accept it because somewhere up the road you're going to meet somebody and you're gonna they're gonna look at you and they're gonna say to you well what would you know how would you you know you have the perfect life and you'll be able to say you know once upon a time I went mm. through X Y what could you know about cancer and having cancer you don't know and they have mm. no idea what your story is and you can then share your story and uplift that person. And really, I feel like that's what we're all doing. We're all, you know, when I first came to Vegas, um, I, I was driving down the 95 and just passing, you know, the uh, Fremont Street. And I was like, God, what'd you bring me here to this town for? They smoke, they drink, they, you know, these people do all kinds of different things. And I, I was living in Portland, Oregon. And, um, and so coming from here was a bit different, right? And so, and I just heard one word and, and it said, and the word was light. And I just put my head down because I knew what that word meant. And that is that I am to be a light in a dark place. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to realize is that's where we're all to be. Mm -hmm. And that is to shed light to others, to help them to be able to see when they're in darkness. Yep. I think that is so true and so beautiful. And I just, I love everything that you've shared with us today. And I, I, I'm just like, I'm kind of choked up about some of your Me too. I mean, stuff. it's emotional for me to be able to say that because, 
you know, the, the, the revelation of when you hear something like that within your spirit and you, you know, I always, I always know when it's me talking and when it's God talking, right? Because mm-hmm. when it's me talking, I got a lot of words. But when I hear that voice that comes in, it's usually one word or two and it just mm-hmm. it makes me go, okay. Yeah. You, <clears throat> we uh, actually have a a request. Uh, we were very interested in your ideas on the truths between men and women. The truths between men and women. Well, that's a that could be a, a, a what do you mean the truth? Would you like to elaborate? Yeah, you have a question for me. <laughs> like what makes us alike? What makes us different? The, the truths that most of us are afraid to talk about. In the very beginning, you guys were talking. You actually were talking about men and women and you know what makes up men and women and and the truths about it because i think a lot of people um when it comes to talking about sex you know and how hormones affect it people are afraid to talk about it they're embarrassed to talk about it they're afraid of knowing what a, a, a man really is and what drives him and his hormones and a, and a woman and those are things that aren't discussed and and you touch lightly on that and you've talked i've heard you you know, mention things about it, but it's something that's not really talked about a lot. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding because of that. Well, one of the things I've, and aging and getting older and what I try to get women to understand is that um, men are, um, that we can't be so offended as women by men because they are very sexual and they're driven by sex. And the older I get, the I think the more like a man I become, but because <laughs> I, I get it and I'm not offended by it and I understand it and it helps. And I try to get women to understand that men are built on a platform of testosterone and, um, and having to have that hormone in my body, it, it helps me to, sometimes I understand exactly how men are thinking that they can't help it. You know, um, you know, it's, it's something when you have a mean vertical stare and you're like, mm, I know, uh-huh, girl. <laughs> Oh, I just noticed his muscles. Anyway, so, you know, um, but, you know, the, the thing that I try to get women, as, especially as men age, um, is that we can't do some of the things that you do when you're younger. Like, say to him, oh, you know, your, your husband's ready to go or your partner, and he's an older guy, you know, and, um, and he's ready, you know, he, he has an erection. He's ready to, you know, have intercourse. And we like sometimes as women like to say, well, wait a minute, we'll just do that later. You know, um, can we do it tonight? Well, you know, I'd like to tell women, no, he might not be able to later. You know, you need to kind of be understand that, you know, what did one of my friends said? He, he told his wife, you know, um, something like, Edith, you better get in here while I got this hot beef stick, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I try to get women to understand, don't be offended mm-hmm. by that. Um, it's just their human nature. They can't really help it. It, uh, you know, um, it's just part of who, what, the, the hormone that's in their own body, and they just can't help it. They aren't necessarily. I think I used to think of it. Oh my God, that's disgusting. Why is he acting that way? But then, you know, after you get a divorce and you're single and you're lonely and you're in your bed every single night for many, many, you know, nights, years go by, then you kind of go, boy, the next man I get, I will never, ever do that again. I will not make him wait. I will, you know, I will always, I don't care if it's two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I don't care if I'm asleep. So, you know, but, you know, trying to get women to understand that we shouldn't be offended and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and take it as like, 
you know, um, they're, um, uh, they're, they're treating you like a piece of meat. I think when I was younger, I felt that way. And yeah. now like, I'm like, good, I'll, I'll be a piece of meat. But <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Keller's got her testosterone in her. She's, you, you'll so, find her at Victoria's Secret. So, but, yeah, listen, when you get testosterone in your body, you don't even need Victoria's Secret. I tell women, I'm going to save you money on lingerie oh, because so sexy becomes high heels, wet out of the shower. So, you know, come out of the shower, put your heels on and go, mm-hmm, this is sexy. Because I love for women to understand the sexiest woman in the room is not the most attractive. She doesn't even have the best body, per se. She can be a curvy girl, but she has what a lot of women don't, and that's confidence. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she carries the room. Everybody's attracted to her because of her energy. But, um, and that's what draws, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because as a woman, I used my body lots to attract male attention. And then some kind of way we want to turn it, you know, sideways mm -hmm. and say, oh, all he's looking at me for is, you know, this, that, or the other. But if I look back at when I first was trying to attract that man, I was using everything I could sexually to get him to come in my direction, you yeah. know, with my walk and my talk and my touch and, you know, all the things that we do. And then, you know, I think sometimes five, 10 years uh, into a relationship, now some kind of way you're offended and you're bothered by it. But what it could be is, and I love Dana Carvey, could mm -hmm. it be your hormones? <laughs> you know, and I want women to recognize if you used to be a very sexual person and now some kind of way you just feel less sexual, like his touch actually aggravates you. If somebody puts their hand on your shoulder, you're like, oh, I wish you would move your hand because that happens sometimes. Don't think that if you used to not be, if you've always been that way, well, maybe that's the way you are. But, <laughs> you know, some people are that way. Yeah. But even those people can benefit from hormones. Um, but it, if, you, if there's a change and it's not the way you used to be, you know, consider that maybe that's what it is. And testosterone is the one hormone that women with breast cancer can actually use. So imagine, you know, you've had a diagnosis of a cancer and now they've removed your, you know, you might be in your late 30s or 40s and now you don't have these hormones and you're in a marriage and a relationship and you could care less about that part of yourself. And there people are telling you, you know, you have to live with it. Just drink a cup of tea and just settle down. That's just part of what you're going to have to accept. And I would hate for somebody to tell me that mm -hmm. something that's free, something that's fun, something that we own is an earthly gift. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I want to be able to say when I get to heaven, you know, I did a lot with that talent. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed I it, it and I had fun with it. And thank you because it yeah. was amazing. It's one of the gifts of life. And I was going to ask you on the flip side of the coin, we're talking kind of about the, the, the men and, you know, women being offended by certain things with men. Um, what about, we were talking before we started to shoot about intimacy versus sex. Yes. So the other side of the coin. You know, when the one of the first patients I ever gave testosterone to, um, she told me the second time when she was leaving my office after getting a pellet, she said to me, she said, Dr. Keller, I just want to thank you because you saved my marriage. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at her, I was like, 
I can't talk to you right now. I had to get away because I didn't want to just cry because I didn't think of this as something that the impact it has on marriages. But we live our life outside of the bedroom. We don't live in the bedroom. But to me, intimacy is being able to touch that person and be like, mm, and playing with them <laughs> under the table and saying things like, and then you look forward and go, you know, and it's just, no, yeah, I'm just you know, those kind of things where you're like, but he knows what you said. And he's mm -hmm. like, and I know she means it, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, but one of the things that we don't realize is women that men often when they get together, one of their biggest complaints is how they're not getting sex at home, mm -hmm. you know. And so um, if that's something that was a part of your you know, uh, of you and you used to be that way. And now for whatever reason, you're, you're not feeling that way. Go read about this hormone called testosterone, because it's not just about sex. It's about intimacy. It's about being with that person. And have you ever seen a couple and they were so connected with one another, mm -hmm. like the rest of the world is going on and mm -hmm. they are just locked and immersed in, you know, yeah. into one another. That to me is the highest expression of affection with yeah. someone where nothing, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've ever like experienced that you're in a bubble and you're with that person and you just, I don't care what's going on around me. I can't even hear what's going, even though there's a lot of chatter because we're so connected. Mm -hmm. That to me is the best love making you can possibly have oh, going on. It's a on. beautiful thing. That's like the epitome of of intimacy and like you said, affection, connection. And when I see yeah. a couple having that, it makes me smile because yeah. I know I'm like, wow, they are immersed into one another. As opposed to, you know, what my dad once said to me. I said, oh, I said, oh, how, you know, how are you and your wife doing? He said, oh, um, you know, we have a lot of oral sex. And I was like, huh? He said, you know, F you and F you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I can relate to that because I was married. But you know, that is the thing where you, all you're doing is arguing and you're not getting uh, along. And so, you know, one of the things that someone told me about um, after my divorce is, he said, you know, you just keep talking about your G-spot. And I was like, he said, don't you know your whole body can be a G-spot? And I, was, I said, huh, what, what are you talking about? And he was talking about tantric sex. Um, and I said, what is that from? He said, well, in tantric sex. And I was like, tantric sex, what is that? So I said, let me go read about what tantric sex is. And just to summarize, this is the beauty of it. it you know, this is something fifth century, you know, BC in India. And what they believe is that, um, you know, God is love and sex is the highest expression of love. So when you're having sex, you're drawing closer to God. And so when I thought of that, and I was single at that time, I was like, that's what I want to experience. I want that to, I don't want it to just be, it's it's about the love. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and intimacy, I think, is one of the highest expressions. You know, it's just, it's a special kind of thing when that person touch you and it just makes you tingle mm -hmm. all over. And just another reason why, uh, take a little time, get to know them, don't just yes. decide. I mean, Slow the way down. the way that you just kind of built up to that high point in you know our conversation, it really anchors back to where we started today, which is you know you've got people, gals and guys, too, struggling with their self worth and their relationship with themselves, and um, 
you know, and just it's it's a really special, beautiful thing. So, and um, you know, as I age and I and I've gotten older, and my children, you know, your children force you to grow up in certain ways, and you know, I don't care what kind of a relationship you're in, if you you know are a female and you have a female partner, or you're a male and you have a male partner, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you're in a loving relationship mm-hmm. and you're in a supporting relationship. No one should make you feel horrible all the time you know we deserve more than that and we shouldn't settle and so um to accept you know someone else telling you what you're not and um and i think that happens often to us and we've all experienced that at some point in our life and that's the reason why you have to go slow slow your roll Mm -hmm. you know because um uh you know you can meet people I've, i've spoken you know i tried the online dating, which is not my, I'm, I think that's, I'm just beyond that. But, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, because rela- I believe in chemistry and you mm-hmm. can't get chemistry, but you know, yeah. some people figure that out, but people write these profiles and they say, oh, I'm looking for a serious relationship. And then I, I get a like a, a private text. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meet me at a bar. Cause I can't wait to, you know, lick you down. And I'm going, ah. oh, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, uh, for me, that's a deal. That was a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, because mm-hmm. I know what you're, you just, what you wrote and what you're, you know, what mm-hmm. you wrote in your profile and what you're writing to me directly, you know, um, contradicting that I know what you're not saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So th- there we go. Deal breaker. Cause Absolutely. I know, you know, and I mean, there are people that um, love to do those kinds of things and they're good at it. But I was always, I would always, I said, you know, I've met very few women who can really do one night stands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, you know, there are some who can, but I like to say even probably guys there, you know, I don't know, men are different, but (laughs) they're different species. But for women, you know, very few women can do that sort of thing because I see them coming back. He didn't call me. And I'm that same kind of girl. You know, he didn't call me. Are we going to like, where where are we going to go from here? And he's like, I thought you said you just wanted to be friends and have fun. Mm -hmm. And so, and I always tell women, don't be in a hurry to define the relationship because sometimes Sometimes we do that to protect our feelings. We're like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm just looking to have fun. I'm not trying to get serious or anything like that. And men go, cool. I don't even have to. <laughs> That's exactly what I was hoping for. And then you want to change it, you know, mm-hmm. a month later, right. two months later. Now you want to get all serious. And he's like, uh, that's, you know, once you kind of give a man a direction, mm-hmm. he's kind of headed in that way. You cannot pull that person mm-hmm. out of that, you know. And I, and I always want women to... Take your time. You really enjoy the person. Don't be in a hurry. Kind of see where it goes. And yeah. for certain, get to know them for at least three or four months. I have only did that once in my life, and I'm still with that guy five <laughs> wow. years later. So, you know, the first time I did it, it actually worked because I was in a hurry, hot and heavy and just couldn't wait and just, you know, but then I got all girly and emotional. So I figured, you know, I can't be the only woman who's like that. I'm, I'm, um, I, and I met plenty of girlfriends calling you back. We all have, and they're crying and sobbing about, you know, the guy. I, I mean, you go, I thought you said you were just having fun with him. Why mm-hmm. are you? Well, he hasn't called me back. And I think we've all. <laughs> one of my, well, one of my favorite sayings that seems to tie into just so many aspects of life is comes down to quality 
over quantity <laughs> in so many things. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you know what we 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 coined a little phrase in our house. Um, we like to call you Doctor Sex RX. I and, love uh, that name, Doctor Sex RX, because. <laughs> She's I actually own that website. I went and barred it. I remember when I came in and I said, Dr. Keller, I got to tell you something. I said, Troy and I were talking and my husband said, you know, Dr. Sex RX, you laughed so hard. You were like, do you got to get that license plate? I, I want that license plate. That would be a good license plate. Yes. You guys. But where we are right now is I want to, I just want to say that you have touched on so many things, you know, from hormones to, you know, our physical health to our emotional health. And, you know, they're all, they're all the same. They all come together as one thing and you got to take care of yourself, you know? And if you want to have a quality relationship with others, Mm -hmm. you got to have a quality relationship with yourself. That's what I'm hearing echoed through this conversation and all your sharing. And um, girl, you got to write a book. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. You, and, do. you know, a, a lot of it is just my own life and what I've learned. Um, and then, you know, when other women come to me and like I said, I, I met people. It's really interesting because you'll meet someone. I, I remember once I examined a patient and um, she'd had a couple of kids and I couldn't get a speculum in her because she jumped off the table and I just threw the speculum down and I was angry. And I said, you're going to tell me right now who raped you. And so this woman had uh, was a gospel singer, and she stopped, and she never told her husband about what happened. Mm. And so you know, and that's where I talk about meeting people who are stuck in life, and you know, and I call it almost like slavery. They're living in shackles, mm. and being able to recognize that, and and I don't always know it, but or it just kind of comes out. Mm. Or to meet a woman who's in a relationship and she's settling for nothing and me saying to her, you're so beautiful. You're, you're a, um, uh, a flight attendant. You, girl, you are, you need to talk to those men in first class. <laughs> I, I know you meet all kind of amazing people. Solutions. So, people you know, need to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and who are you going to trust? I mean, it's like, uh, trust more, trust in a different way, because you are, you know, you're someone who's helping us take care of ourselves. You're someone that's very trusted. And, you know, it's one of those things that you say something in just the right way. Um, I mean, I just, I know how many lives you've already touched. And it's it's just a really beautiful thing. It, you know, it it is. It's amazing. I mean, just yesterday I had a patient and she was thinking, you know, she said, you know, I think my husband's cheating on me. And I said, you know, every time I thought a man was cheating on me, I was right. Mm-hmm. Trust your inner self. I think we don't realize how often we look at something and we go, should I get this? And then someone goes, no, don't get that. Mm-hmm. Or you meet a person and you go, oh God, I got to stay away. You know, like, <laughs> you know, we have yeah. to understand that intuition that when it when something is telling you something is really right have you ever met somebody and you just couldn't you were just in their space you know I once met a physician and she was talking I was listening and I just jumped in her I said I don't know you're gonna when you move and you start that business up in Utah I want to be one of the first doctors that come please don't forget my name what's your name here's my email here's my information because I just gravitated toward that person and then there have been times when and this is bad to be in a room with a patient and I'm thinking 
oh my God, I do not like her. I'm, my body language is pulling away, but mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, and they are like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to run as fast as I can. I go, okay, well, there goes my Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going to write a bad one because she is tugging and pulling and I mm-hmm. am just, I won't go. I, I'm like, this person is trying to pull me into a direction because, you know, they have a WebMD. So I have to... <laughs> Kind of say, yeah, kind of go, I understand you read that online, but, you know, the worst thing you can ask a doctor sometimes, you know, that drives me crazy is, are you sure? Uh, (laughs) No, I just made it all up. That's all. I just want you to take that medication so I can kill your baby. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. You can take Robitussin for the cough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that sounds like silly, but it Mm -hmm. is. Those are real things that occur. Mm-hmm. But, you know, getting back to our point about self-care and loving yourself and taking your time and not being in a rush and listening to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. your, your, your intuition is right. Mm-hmm. And if you are wanting an amazing relationship and that's what you want, you can have it. Mm-hmm. You just have to st- sit back and wait and believe you can have it because that's yep. how it will come to you. Yep. And that, my friends, uh, are the words of our our dear friend, Dr. Sex Rx herself, <laughs> Dr. That. Maria Keller with Live Agelessly. Thank you for being with us today and sharing all this wisdom yes. and love. And Thank you for what a, having me. What a treat. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this.